0: What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, September 29th, episode 179. Today, I have Thomas Gronovic, CEO of Wozdr. Wozdr is a social platform for gaming looking to bring together the gaming industry and blockchain and crypto. You can download them on the Apple and Android store and be sure to check out their website, Wazder.gg. Also, be sure to subscribe to the BlockHash Insider Newsletter. It's only $250 a month and you get the most advanced analysis on the blockchain markets. Go check that out. More info in the description below. And be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain and WASDR. Enjoy. All right, Thomas, welcome to the BlockHash podcast live. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing
0: good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, Tell me a little bit about uh, your background and yourself. I know we kind of already chatted about it, but for the for the audience, like, um, you know, who who are you exactly, and where are you from? Like, people, I'm sure, are very curious. Sure.
1: So my name is Thomas. I'm born and raised in, and I'm actually born and raised in Norway, um, but moved to moved to Sweden in early 2019 um, to work with the company that we have now, so to work with Foster. Uh, it was simply easier to move me than to move everybody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also Sweden's amazing. I mean, good food, cheap, great great society in general here compared to, to what we wanted to do, great tech space, uh, better weather than where I'm from. I'm born and raised in Bergen, which basically means that we have rain, like 291 days a year,
0: which- That's a lot you know, of rain.
1: It's it's insane. But the thing is it's, because the whole city is surrounded by mountains. So basically, clouds get stuck and it just rains and pours and pours and pours. And it like really rains and pours. So you know, so that's kind of the background that I have in terms of where I come from. Uh, in terms of work, I've been in the gaming space since I was a kid, of course, as a consumer and a, a guy, and you know, you play video games in your upbringing and you're and. Um, started my first company when I was 17. Um, sold that when I was 18, which was a customer support company for gaming. Um, went on to move with, with work with Funcom as a community liaison for Conan, which, both as a Conan fan and as a gamer, was super, super cool. Well over a million players. And later on, moved to EA, where we sat on the, the social side, kind of built the social media pages for them in the Nordics. And then Eventually moved into tech companies and sales. So did the whole, you know, business to business sales and corporate and mergers and acquisitions, and then sales director and kind of sales coach. And mm-hmm. before I actually started started my own, so that's kind of my background.
0: Nice. Um, so you have a background, I assume, as a kid playing games, you know, growing up liking uh, being into into this kind of space. Was there anything in particular that you liked within gaming that made you wanna work in this field one day?
1: Um, I actually didn't think as much about that this is what I wanted to work with. I, I mean there's tons of stuff in, in games I, love. I, I was an MMO type of player, so I like playing with people like socially. For me, gaming was in a lot of ways, it was a very good way to be social without necessarily being in the same room at the same time and you found people that very, very much share your interests um, and where there was no kind of judgment of who you were, right? So everybody cared about how you behaved and how you treated them and they cared about what you did um, that was relevant for them. But it wasn't about who you are or what you looked like or none of those things. It was about more what, how, how do you treat the people that you talk to and, and the people you play with. Um, which was extremely interesting to me. And then when it comes to the part that I want to work with it, that actually became more of a pragmatic approach. It was wanting to work with, I wanted to make a difference, I wanted to do things differently, and I wanted to to work with business, and realistically just saw that there was a lot of things that we could do in this place. Um There's a lot of changes that we think we can make that was, would be beneficial, and. It became it kind of landed that
0: way. Sorry, you broke up there for a second. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Now I can hear you. When did I break? Okay,
0: up? cool. Um, just say that. Just say the last part again.
1: Yeah, no, I was just saying that for me it was a pragmatical thing. I wanted to work with business, and I wanted to, I wanted to make a change and have an impact in some sort of, of space and realistically saw that because of how well I knew the gaming industry and kind of having been on the consumer side uh, both from what I did with EA and, and Funcom and, and in the space but also as a consumer I got to see how they were talking about what the problems was so it panned out that way because we saw that there are things we could change and that we could do really well and it also made sense from a business perspective to do so. So that's kind of the background
0: for how I kind of landed in it from a company Got it. Um, can you explain like what Wazir is exactly? Like what's the idea behind it? Um, you know, what's what's the goal or the mission? And then and then we can talk about kind of how it works.
1: Absolutely. So Waster is a social platform for game. So think a much more modern version of Facebook, but that solves behaviors more so than anything else. What we looked at was, we looked at what is the absolute base needs that uh, the gaming, again, normal gaming consumer and the industry has if you want to build an ecosystem and a, and a social platform uh, that can thrive in this space. And kind of what we landed on one, of course, you need to be able to you know post content and talk about things and all this, the, the similar type of behavior that you have on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. But we also needed to look at how do you find the right people to play with, right? How do you find, if you move on to a new game, you don't have a lot of friends to bring with you, how do you have a matchmaking functionality that applies to almost every game that you can say, I wanna find non-toxic, fun, cool people to play with, because, and we all know this from games, that you can either go into a game and have a very good experience with a new person, or you can get someone super toxic, who rages and screams and don't speak your language and it just destroys your experience which is a huge problem. Sure. Um, and then, of course, when you match someone with, like, let's say that me and you match, and we want to play together, we need to be able to communicate, so we need to have a base functionality for communication in. And if we grow as a community, we need to have community functionalities in on top of that. So those are kind of the base behaviors that we look at. This is what the platform kind of has to be able to do for every single game out there, and you, we wanted to give users more control of what type of content they see. Um, so that's what we built out, and it's gone really, really well. We are one of the more rapidly growing social platforms. There is. We have an amazing mm-hmm. retention rate, way above industry standards. Users are happy. We're getting really, really good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we looked at what can we do that is revolutionary uh, on top of just making that, which in itself is a big project, because um, you're realistically building out like a twit. Uh, which costs a lot of money. You need a great staff, and I have one of the best teams in the entire industry. Uh, we have, you know, the lead creative lead designer for early producer for Candy Crush. We have one of the best game designers in the world. We have a CTO that's a tech visionary, uh, an amazing creative director who is a genius, much much smarter than I am. Um, but what we wanted to do was look at: is there anything we can do even more different? And we. We've we've teased this a little bit in, in 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 kind of press releases and stuff, but we haven't gone full on. But we are turning the whole platform, the whole social media platform, into an actual video game. So, meaning that the way you interact with other people is going to be done through your, your quests and tasks and missions to create a piece of content that's about this type of stuff that people like, or treat X amount of people with in a good and kind-hearted way or uh, match with x amount of people and get commended for for how you behave so we're turning all of those things into missions that give you rewards and we give you a really really cool growth looking metaphor where you can showcase all these rewards and collections that we that we give you as a result so when that comes out i'm i'm extremely excited to see kind of what that what what the users and the market will think about that because no one has ever tried it on a
0: social platform before. Yeah, that sounds interesting. And so, OK, it's a social platform for gaming. Um, yeah. I got that. Kind of like a, this Facebook kind of design for gaming in a way. Yeah. Um, th- there's another platform that's very similar to what you guys do, and that's Discord. Um, how do you feel that you guys you know differentiate from Discord in a, in a lot of ways? Or do you guys feel like you're similar in your, in some ways, competition? Or how do you guys feel like you stand?
1: I probably shouldn't say competition on, uh, live simply because of the, you know, Discord might, might not see that very well. Uh, but Maybe. I, I, I don't necessarily think it is. So Discord is a voice and video platform first and foremost, um, mm-hmm. and discord is great at what they, do. they, I mean, they're basically a much upgraded version of team speak. they specialize on in communities so that if you're already in the community where you've either been invited in or you've, you've built it yourself, you you can primarily talk in voice and video and then you have a live chat type of text communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a lot of flaws. I mean, they're best in class, but they're not a place where you post content and have an ongoing, engaging. You as an individual are in the, cent- are the center of attention. Everything is about the group itself. Uh, if you look at, for example, Instagram, it's about who you are, and you get the chance to speak to the world. We are more in that space that line of thinking and on top of that discord is primarily on web they have a mobile mobile app which in my opinion can use some work but they they're primarily web or pc based uh, and if you go to the website they also say they are an invite only platform uh, so you create invite only communities what we want to do is reach out to all those people who doesn't necessarily have an invite somewhere we want to reach out to people who can go and say this is i am looking for this can someone help me find this or this is the type of content that i want to show come look at you know come talk to me about this or the, the matchmaking functionality so we we out of the five boxes of base content that we looked at so content matchmaking with, with finding people to play with communication and communities this specializes on the communication piece we do the whole user journey as a whole. So we have a bigger, more broader product, um, and it's also mobile first. So it's, it's different, but we, Discord does some of what we do, uh, but we do a lot more.
0: Got it. Yeah, Discord, I, I feel like, is actually kind of very different than what you guys are doing, in my opinion, because yeah. they're very, like... Communication-based, being able to have a a group or one-on-one chat, or you know, for gaming purposes, even work purposes and stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, from what you guys do, from what I've seen, you guys got like these spaces, you got feeds, you got the communication part. It's part of it. You guys feel a bit more like an actual social media platform. Um, And I'm downloading it right now (laughs) because I want to try this out. Um, But is it is it also like on desktop or Um, online, on on your browser, or is it mainly made for um, being an app on your phone, or where where should people primarily use it, or where do people primarily use it?
1: So right now, about 95% of our audience is on mobile. Uh, We are a mobile-first platform. Um, The reason being, the gaming industry is about 3 billion people, and it's split between PC, consoles, So Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, Nintendo, etc., browser games, smartphones, and tablets. With smartphones being the fastest-growing audience in all of them. So, if you're going to build a space or an ecosystem for everyone, you need to be mobile first because it's the only platform that kind of spans all of them. However, we are on browser. Uh, it will not have the same functionality or same, you know, sexy appeal uh, that the rest of the the mobile app will have until early next year. Uh, and that's simply a resources question. Building out a massive social media is is, is costly, it takes time, and it, it requires a huge team. Mm-hmm. So, but eventually yes, eventually it will be on all platforms, but functionality will probably always be mobile first, just because we, we want to appeal to everyone. We want to give, you know, the people in Colombia, the people in Peru, the people in Brazil, the people in India, where, everybody has a smartphone we want to give them access to enjoying gaming and, and the social aspect of gaming in a, in a much better way and, and not everyone can afford these these you know piece, super PC games or uh,
0: console. got it um, what about like live streaming or doing something like this um, it, would there be it possible to in the future at some point um, be able to you know share obviously your live stream for like a game or something like that that you're playing but um or something similar to twitch where they have like an irl in real life type um area or space where you can you know maybe do a podcast or you know blog vlog or something like that
1: uh i love that you ask <laughs> uh are you not supposed to
0: answer that question <laughs>
1: probably not but i'm going to anyway And my, my my product team Probably gonna kill me after, but that's fine. Um, so, we're not gonna do live streams. Uh, well, it's not in the plans to do live streams simply because Twitch has done so well on that. I mean, Twitch, Twitch is yeah. as close as you get to a kind of a gaming ecosystem that you have right now, but Twitch is a live platform, right? So, if you were engaging in a piece of content before this, this, this podcast or this, this talk, you can't go back and re engage in the conversation where you were. Like that you can do with us, we allow you to do that. It's a different type of, of approach, which means you can use us during your lunch breaks or when you're on the bus or in between stuff. Um, so so live streams are probably gonna be more embedded rather than from other platforms that do them really well like Twitch or YouTube or other ones that comes up that we consider more partners rather than competitors. However, there is on those game spaces that you you briefly touched on, Menardly, mm-hmm. and they're getting a massive facelift in the next couple of weeks. And basically that becomes a, so if you are a FIFA fan or a Rocket League fan, and you go into that game space in, in about a month from now, you will find all the information you can about that game there. You don't need Google anymore. Uh, the whole purpose is to give you all the functionality and all the stuff that you want there that a publisher would want. And at the same time, give you your feed. That means and one of the things that I've always wanted from a publisher perspective is the ability to talk to the audience, right? You want to be able to host a game panel like you do on TwitchCon or Comic Con. These, these panel type of conversation styles that some other apps also got very famous for, but they specialized on just that. For me, that functionality is something that a publisher should have access to turning on in that space when they need it. Uh, so that will come in, so for example, if you are a, let's say that you're a blockchain publisher and mm-hmm. you're releasing a game, you want to develop a button like, let go, a bunch of beta keys or alpha keys and you want to have a panel conversation or an AMA, you'll be able to turn that on and have that with your audience or your community, we'll send out a push notification to everyone who follows that game that has an interest in that kind of game, which means that you as a consumer get free access to the info you want much much simpler
0: and we can do it in a pretty and sexy way so it will come yeah that'd be cool you know one idea i've had for quite a long time that i wanted to do because i kind of do miss gaming a little bit and about the only thing i play is um is madden with some of my friends or rocket league because rocket league is just really addicting and i don't know why um i wanted to do like um a podcast where you're like playing games but also talking about crypto and blockchain at the same time Like getting someone like like this on the podcast, but we'd be playing Rocket League right now or we'd be playing Halo or doing something and and Mm -hmm. live streaming it. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I'd love to do something like that on on or maybe one day if that that functionality is fully there. So you got to keep me updated. That'd be so cool. 100%. When
1: that's coming, that's exactly the kind of stuff that we we want to do. And that's the entire purpose. I mean, look, from my perspective, blockchain, it's interesting when you look at blockchain because... Blockchain as a technology is one of the sexiest things that's come out for, for gaming in, in probably 50 years. Um, and the, from a consumer perspective, look, it's like, a, like if, if I came to the users and to gamers gamer and said, so we're gonna build on this database, or we're gonna use this authentication system, they wouldn't necessarily care about what the, tech, the underlying tech was. That's typically the, the very hardcore audience, like blockchain audiences, that pay very technically, like technically, they pay a lot of attention. But for the most consumers, they don't. That's not what matters to them. What matters to them is, what is it that this can do? Like, how does this impact the product? How does this impact what I do? And the great thing about blockchain is that it allows partnerships in a way that most tech simply doesn't. So, in that gamification that we are. Uh, that we're re- releasing at the end of the year, for example. I mean, if we give you a reward, let's say that we give you a, without mentioning upcoming partners' names, but let's say we give you a spaceship in a metaverse or universe type of of, of blockchain game, right? We give you that to showcase in your profile here, and you log into the game. You're talking about that game. You're playing, like you're you're talking to your friends about it, you're matching with other people, friends to play with, and then you log in. And suddenly, that game, that spaceship that we gave you, is suddenly an item that you brought over because the tech recognizes that it, it, it's an NFT, and you have it on both sides. Mm-hmm. So now you can actually use it in the game itself. So it allows for us to create partnerships where what you have on one place can move to another, like that, which is extremely attractive to, to consumers because it means you actually own the assets that you have. Like you, you own the item. That you can bring them with you you can move them around so i think from a technological perspective what it allows us to do is just make users and gamers have even more control of this is mine this is my experience this is my my gaming experience my my items my stuff my collections and take that with them wherever they move it's a a super super attractive technology it's amazing
0: oh yeah uh, how do you guys want to leverage blockchain how how do you guys want to use that to make um your platform really different stand out and you know take advantage of what blockchain can do because I know that you guys have a WASDR token that you guys promote um a tokenized reward system is that um you know the extent of where you guys want to go or do you have other ideas that you can talk about you can't
1: well I can talk about some of it uh, so, <laughs> so what we're gonna do with it is we're the gamification piece is, is lays on top, of the, on top of the rest of the social platform. So basically what it does is it rewards you or incentivizes you to do good things on the platform. Whether it's creating content or matching with people or playing or building a community or inviting friends. It incentivizes you. It does give you stuff. So a currency. It gives you a currency to do the things that are is beneficial to yourself and others. And then with that currency, you can buy collections. You can buy whether it's an item or a creature or stuff or a uh, ticket, it, it, like you, you can buy different things in that store to utilize and showcase on what we call a growth metaphor. So imagine that you have a, how do I explain this in the simplest way to everyone? Imagine that you have a town and that town is a canvas, right? You, we give you the ability to populate that town with spaceships and creatures and, and collectibles and all kinds of, and visually represent, here's all the stuff that I bought that is me in-game. But because of blockchain, I can also use all this stuff in-game par- partners that we have. So, so that's kind of where you one-piece it. You get the currency and then you can use that to buy the items and you can take that with you and, and grow something that's truly yours and really cool. Then you have the, the, the flip side of the coin, uh, which is what if you're a streamer or if you are an e and you want to do stuff that is truly unique. That, well, let's imagine for a second that instead of saying to, um, to a streamer that we'll give you 50% of, of the ads that, or the subscriptions that you get on Twitch or some donations that the fans doesn't really get anything in return for what if we give you an event system where people can say look you can go out and say i'm going to have an event thursday night i have 99 spots in fortnite and i am going to let 99 people play against me live on stream and kick my ass all you have to do is you have to buy this ticket and this ticket is an nft so you pick up this ticket and with that you can participate on stream you can try to beat me everyone the whole world will see so you get to get First of all, you get to plan what you get in as a, as a streamer, and on the other side, you as a fan get something. You get a real reward for, for participating with your idols or your fans, etc. So I think that it allows again it allows us to just do things that we technologically would struggle to do uh, with other mechanics. And a lot of partnerships, like, and and it gives you more control as a consumer because it's yours. It's not something that I have, and and then if you move out of the platform, well, you don't get it with you. Like if you get a spaceship or a sword or a tiny little creature or a wasling, well, bring it with you. Or you move on to different, you don't need anymore. Well, then give it some. Let someone else take it over. Right.
0: Hmm. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting too, um, and there's a lot of you know cross-platform being able to move items around and do stuff like that and having this like expansive like gaming verse um and i've talked to a few other people building some really cool games with a lot of blockchain incentives or blockchain built into it or built on blockchain um will probably love to work with Wazder and, and incorporate waster in some ways i imagine um, no, but it's very interesting what you can do with blockchain and gaming. I feel like it's going to be one of those areas that's really going to push both spaces tremendously.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I think I think there are tons of stuff coming up that's... Uh, technologically is where it has to go. I mean, you have to... A lot of the things... I mean, we, we announced a partnership with Chainlink not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that anyone in gaming has known, and I, I again, I, I've been in EEA, so I apologize in advance to everyone. Um, but that you're kind of known for is that gaming companies has a tendency of making these loot boxes, for example, reward boxes where you as a consumer you buy it or you earn it and you're supposed to get some sort of rewards. But then what we do on the back end is we tinker with it, right? We say, Well, you know, we want you to get X amount before you actually have a real chance to get something cool. So what we want to do as a, as a platform, because of the fact that we, we built these game spaces that are very, very beneficial for publishers and the consumer itself, because you have a stronger connection between game and, and, and gamer, um, we also want to say that the people who are beneficial and truly has sets a good standard for their, their, their users, the people who play their game, we want to highlight those. So we want to work towards building what we call a truly fair gaming standard where we use that, for example, the BRF generator. So a random number generator that is not controlled by us, but that is verifiable through Chainlink and their technology that we are not tampering with this in any way, shape, or form. This is truly fair for visitors. If you get one of these root boxes, you have exactly the same chance as everybody else to get whatever it's in. And any other type of publishers that do the same tech and works with Chainlink on those kind of, of uses their, the, the VRF generator or any other standard that you put in, they're gonna be verified on our platform as this is a publisher you as a consumer trust. Which means that if you are a blockchain developer, you're a blockchain publisher, and, and you live up to your word of, I'm doing this for the community, and we'll look at that and we'll say, this is genuinely true. And you get one of these, you know, on Instagram and Twitter, you have these verified checks, right? So mm-hmm. this is the person is truly what he says. We'll do the same, but with the standards. So that every gamer who's out there can go, oh, cool, cool. This is a publisher who's not going to screw me over and take tons of my money and then walk away with it, which right. is very, very, very common in the industry. Like, extremely common. Oh, yeah, totally. We've all faced I mean, it, right? And you buy tons and tons of these packs of, whether it's FIFA ultimate cards and you didn't get of course the greatest player of all time, which is Ronaldo. Um, but you didn't get Ronaldo, you did you got something else and we all know this, like they they tinker with these loot boxes all well. the time.
0: The worst part is that the fact that you get something, whether it's in a loot box or you buy an upgrade or you buy a map or you buy a skin, it doesn't always transfer over to the next version of the game or to another game or you get stuck with it and you spend all this money and now the game's irrelevant five years later. And I can't tell you how mad I am about that. Um, Just as a kid playing Halo 3 online and buying all this multiplayer stuff, Halo 3 was huge in multiplayer. Um, I used to buy all these different skins and different outfits and different versions of your character and I'd buy all these map packs and I'm telling you, they're not cheap. Um, it it sucks because you know, no one really plays Halo 3 anymore and it's been quite a long time um, and that's a lot of money lost. I, if that stuff was like on blockchain, if it was um, you know, blockchain based, a lot of it you probably would be able to carry over to the next Halo game or maybe even to a different game completely. Um, I think this is why it's so important being able to uh, take your value with you, you know, in-world, in-game, over the internet. Um, you know, th- and it makes people more comfortable buying that stuff too. It opens up that marketplace tremendously. I think it's a huge untapped untapped opportunity for now.
1: 100%. And, and I think to add to that, um, one of the things that I think is is crucial in this, if you are a publisher and, and you build a game, um, you have a challenge in the fact that one, there, there's two aspects to it, right? You have to build a really good game, and then you have to, or a product, and then you have to reach the consumers. And you, have, you have to keep a good relationship with the consumers. You need to have a place to engage with that audience. You need to have a place to meet, reach a new audience. And we built this as an ecosystem to do three things. One, cater to all the needs that the gamers and the consumers have. Two, give you as a developer or even industry a way to reach these consumers in a way that is good for both parties and interesting to both parties. And three, in a way, this is where blockchain comes in, in a way where you have a chance to bring your experiences and assets and collections and items with you, not just from one game to another, or from one person to another in an easy way, uh, without having to go to some black market off website that's not kind of Accepted by the publishers in, in the personal, but an actual standard mechanic to do so, but also from game, uh, same items and same things from game to game. Because again, blockchain being what it is actually allows for much tighter collaboration between publishers. But the interesting part is where are these publishers going to meet? How do you know who to collaborate with? So, you need that ecosystem that we're building and a technology that allows for that to happen. And then we can foster those relationships, which is, is, is exactly what we're trying to do. And as a consequence, we get a lot of these collaboration publishers who want to come in and say, what can we do? How can we, how can we be integrated? How can we work with you? Uh, and there are some really, really cool announcements coming in that very, very soon.
0: Cool. Um, one, one final question, then we'll start wrapping up the episode. Um, I usually always ask people what their thoughts on the future of like, um, you know, blockchain and DeFi and NFTs and whatever is relevant. But since we're kind of talking about gaming and since you like gaming as much as I do, um, what do you think the future of gaming is? Um, We all know it's it's huge. You know, there's gaming events that are bigger than the Super Bowl nowadays. Um, You know, people diving into metaverses and VR um, and all these different, you know, open world games coming out and you know, how they can all connect to each other. And with blockchain attached to that, I'm sure you've thought about it quite a bit. Where do you think the future of gaming is going?
1: I think there's several things happening. I think um, on the non-blockchain side of it, I'll talk about both, because they're they're very tightly connected. But in Mm -hmm. terms of gaming, you're right. I mean, it's going to be the biggest industry probably in the world within the next couple of years. No questions asked. Just look at the internationals now, that's coming up on, in, a, in a few days, in, in Dota. The price pool is $40 million. That's more than every, like the next six or seven esports like put together in one tournament. And it's, it's just absolutely insane how big it is. Um, and that's not going to stop. I think gaming is going to become more and more social. I think it's going to be a way for people to interact with others in completely new ways. I think VR and metaverses are gonna get huge. We actually wanna build out that gamification piece as a stepping stone into metaverses. So see it as basically the door. So that visual representation of all your gaming stuff is your entry into a a future metaverse. We wanna take that route, which is a huge undertaking and task, um, which is gonna be fun. Um, I think VR is gonna get bigger and bigger when the tech gets more, more, approachable from others. I think social games is going to get much much bigger. Mobile gaming is going to keep growing massively. Uh, I think it's going to take a a very segmented approach. I think there's going to be storytelling pieces to it where artists, movie makers, authors use gaming as an outlet to tell a story. I think you're going to see a competitive aspect where people who want to compete, you see that grow and, and niche in on, on competitive type sports type behavior, which is esports. And I think that you're going to have the social aspect as a third. So you're going to have these branches that separate behavior very distinctively. Uh, that's what you're going to see. When it comes to technology wise, NFTs is going to be the biggest thing out there. Uh, I think NFTs is the next big massive massive thing that will happen in games purely because of that collaborative a- aspect that we talked about previously because it allows you so there are two main reasons one is that it allows you to bring something from one world into another uh, it allows you to truly control where you want to bring what uh, and gives you ownership of it and it, it allows you to control your experience in a better way again your assets and your experience in a much better way you don't lose out on something which means that when you buy a skin like you did in halo you keep it and you you get to hold on to it um i do think that nfts is also going to evolve more into experiences more ticketing type of systems i think you're going to have uh, a chance to see the superstars create concerts and use NFTs to get in because you can sign them afterwards, you keep it as a memento digitally. I think you're going to see that. And you're, I think eventually, without specifically telling what I'm about, like what we're going to do, but I also think you're going to see a version of evolving NFTs that are connected to how you play, what you play, and how you perform. Um, but I can't go into detail about that because that press release really hasn't gotten up yet. Um, then when it comes to the next big thing I think in, in blockchain means is play to earn. Play to earn is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You saw it on, you've, you've seen it through Twitch for a long time with streamers mm-hmm. being able to make money on gaming, but the model that they have for making money is not good yet. So I think play to earn is going to get there. I don't think that the standard for how that's going to be done in the best most stable way like a reliable way is done yet i think i still think it still suffers a little bit from that volatility mm-hmm. because anytime you invest in or you, you focus on the speculative asset it has this tendency of it, it's very volatile so i think there's going to be put in mechanics that are based on effort and that are based on results that is more predictable so if you're good at it or you put in a lot of time on it then you can earn money on it um, and there's a lot of interest in companies testing those approaches. That's not fine yet. That's gonna be a massive, massive thing. And I think esports and streamers are gonna jump at that opportunity once that stable mechanic is there. Because they're in a group that needs stability more so than anybody else, because for them, it's not a hobby. It's, it's an actual job. It's what you do for a living. It's how you provide for your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think when it comes to DeFi, I'm, on the, I'm one of those that's a little bit on the fence on that one uh, when it comes to gaming specifically. Mm-hmm. Because I think gaming has such a deep nature of consumer behavior, meaning that you buy something, you, you, you acquire a current, like some sort of, of currency in order to buy stuff, right? Typically in games, you don't buy a currency to keep the currency, you don't collect it. You, you buy it because you want an item or a character or a skin or an experience. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's gonna continue for a while. So I think you're gonna we're gonna see that consumer behavior rather than that financial type of behavior which is more reserved for the older audience. I think the younger audience for now is you know, you don't know how you were when you were younger. You just said it yourself, right? I played Halo, I wanted all these skins. I was exactly mm-hmm. the same. We we were too focused on I want this thing and I want this thing now. <laughs> so I think But I think, yeah, NFTs and Play to Earn, those two things are gonna get huge, absolutely huge. And I think all the AAA normalized gamers, gaming companies and publishers, that isn't the route that most of us are heading. Um, I'm not sure it's gonna be talked about as much, though. That I'm, I think it's more used, it's gonna be, I mean, we'll have on our platform alone, in the next three years, we'll have 100 million people using this tech, 100%. So I think but I don't think they necessarily care uh, which technology we built it on as long as it does
0: what they want. Yeah, I don't think people care exactly specifically what the technology is as long as it works for them, as long as it's easy to exactly. use. It's like between microsoft and and Apple, um, you know people really don't care as long as you know the computer is easy to use and it gets the job done, but you know technically, one is better than the other for certain things. Um, I, but yeah, people generally don't care. They just want to be able to use something and have it work. Um, yep. anyways, that's a good place to wrap up, covered a lot of stuff. Thomas, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and talk about Wazda. really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure.
0: It was a pleasure Still to have, have you.
1: Pictures, Still only dog pictures.
0: <laughs> yes, I will send you dog pictures. Actually stay on for just a second, uh, so I can mm-hmm. talk to you. Other than that, I uh, would love to talk to you again in the future.
1: Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much. Anytime.